0: Galatians chapter 5. We are continuing right along in the book of of Galatians. We're getting close to the end. We've covered the first four chapters. We've only got two left. We are going to kind of slow down a little bit through chapter 5 because Paul kind of shifts gears a little bit in chapter 5. He had really been hitting it hard about uh, the law and about not going back to that burden that was the law, not going back to slavery. He used that illustration that the law that is the Old Testament law uh, and all those burdens that were on the people some some people in this day and age they had heard the good news of Jesus Christ but they were given back in they were going back to the old ways or some different ways that God didn't command and he was calling them out saying look you guys why are you opposed to hearing what I'm having to tell you now you would listen to it you were doing good and now there are some who have come in and who have gotten you off track and so he's trying to say look You have a wonderful freedom in Jesus Christ because of what he did for you. You don't have to go back and be enslaved to the old way. Don't let these people put this burden on you. Experience this freedom through Jesus and live in it. And that's what's taken place up until this point. And he has really hit that point home about the law, about the law, about being free, about being free uh, and not being a slave. And so tonight we're going to look at one little verse in chapter 5. And he's going to kind of shift from that, kind of hitting them hard, at least in that area, and kind of move on to some different areas over the next couple of chapters. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Christ has liberated us to be free. Stand firm then and don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. Let's pray. God, we come to you tonight with this... Uh, this short verse that you gave us in your word, but God, there's a lot of good there that we can get from, from it for our lives. So I pray that the Holy Spirit would just show us that, that we would see areas, dear Lord, where maybe we're uh, given into slavery. God, maybe not the same areas as the, the Galatians were, but dear Lord, help us to examine our heart, because usually if we examine it, it don't take us long to find out that maybe there are areas that we're uh, just enslaved to some sin or something that you freed us from, and God, we have to be free from that. We need to seek you to, to, to help us be freed from whatever it is that may be holding us back. So help us to get something out of your word tonight, God. I pray that your Holy Spirit would just speak. I pray that you would hide me behind the cross and that you would be glorified tonight, God, and that your word would get stuck in our heart, that we would remember it, and that we would live by it. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. Paul tells the people that, that Christ, that is Jesus, has set them free... And he says, stand firm and don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. They are free. We've talked about that over the last few weeks. Why would someone who was a slave and who had the burden of being a slave in a bad way, once they were freed, why would they want to go back to that? And that's what Paul is saying. Look, why do you want to go back with that thing that just... you, has got you all burdened down and tangled up and you can't escape from it. Why do you want to go back again to that yoke of slavery? Now, I'm going to tell you guys something. That word yoke there, that's not talking about an egg. And I say that because I was pretty old. I used to hear people say that verse. And for years, I mean, I'm talking about I was old before I realized that a yoke was not talking about an egg. And maybe you've made that same mistake. And it's okay if you have. I may be the only idiot in this place. But I wanted to share that story just in case somebody else has has, has thought that before because I remember hearing that and I thought well it's probably got something to do with an egg and I don't know how the illustration works but but it's good and I never thought to check on it and then one day I was reading and I was like a yoke? That can't be an egg and so I looked up what a yoke was and most of you probably know this because you're not as dumb as me but a yoke is a big old wooden thing that's used to to, to put two two cows or bulls or oxen or something like that together, and they're going to pull a plow or they're going to pull whatever it is, and they've got this big old huge thing. And if you've ever seen one, you know it's not something that you would want to have to lug around. If you were a cow or if you were a human, for that matter, it's just big old huge, just heavy, weighty. Just it, it's not it's not like it's padded where it sits around your neck. It just locks onto there, and when it locks onto you, you know that there's there's going to be a work ahead of you, and it's just this, can you imagine what what these oxen and all these things feel when they get that yoke put on they know oh no here we go again it's just going to be tough and what paul is saying here this is what he was saying look these are the always these things that that are that are weighing you down they're like a yoke they're this huge just cumbersome just just horrible uncomfortable thing that is just weighing you down and you've been freed of that that's been taken off of you forever because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. You don't have to do those old things anymore. You don't have to jump through those hoops. You don't have to follow the letter of the law. You are freed from that. So why in the world, if you have been freed from such a burden, would you want to go back and submit yourself to that again? Now, just, for, just for, to, to give you guys a visual aid, in case you were wondering, as we've talked about the law over the last few weeks, weeks here, a couple months here, when, when, when they were following the letter of the law, this is what they were following. I've got 36 pages I've printed out of all 613 laws that were in the Old Testament. And that's what so many of the people... We're trying to live by. There were so many people, even when Jesus was around, that were still trying to live by this. They were trying to live by every letter of this law. Can you imagine having to memorize all 613 of these so that you made sure you didn't mess up on any of them, so that you made sure you would follow what God desired? Can you imagine the burden that would be if we still had to do that today? And praise the Lord, God doesn't make us do that anymore. And Paul is saying, why would you want to go back to this? This is like a yoke around your neck. Why would you want to go back to this when you are now free? You are free from this. And if some of you are thinking you want to live by this, you're more than welcome to take it home and read it. But I'm telling you, we've got something better than that. The cross of Jesus Christ is much better than that. Now, at the same time, when you say that, you know, I think as I was thinking about that, I think that, in some ways, living by the letter of the law is much easier than living by the intent of the law. And what I mean by that is, is for instance, the letter of the law says, thou shalt not murder. I'm good to go. I can check that one off. I've never murdered anybody and Hope to God, I will never, ever murder anybody. That's not something that that I am worried about. I can check that one off the list. I have not done it. So in in that sense, the law is a better thing because you know what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount? He says, look, when you're angry with your brother and when you hate somebody, that's the same thing. Well, that's much tougher because guess what? I've been angry with people and I've hated people. And so in a sense, the letter of the law is easier to fulfill than the freedom of the law. Because now through Jesus Christ, we are free, but it all comes back to our heart. So we have to be careful that in this freedom that we live in, that we are still doing what God's Word intended for us to do, what God desires for us to do, and that we are living for Him with the right heart. And that we don't get caught up in that trick, uh, Excuse me, that trap of living just by the letter of the law. Paul says, look, don't submit again to that yoke of slavery. He goes on to say, or he starts off saying in the verse, he says, look, you have been set free. And he says, stand firm. Now those are two words that are good for you and I, Christian. Stand firm. He's telling them to stand firm. Why? Because everything that they had stood for in Jesus Christ, these were people who had trusted in Jesus. They were living for him at some point in time. And now when other people were coming in and they were teaching things that were false, they were teaching things that God did not desire, there were some who were beginning to fall away. They were beginning to go back to the old ways instead of sticking with Jesus. And Paul says, Stand firm. When people come and they're giving you a hard time and they're they're not agreeing with what you want to say, they're making fun of you, they're trying to get you to turn back to another way, they're telling you that you're wrong, they're telling you that you're crazy, stand firm. And you know what? Those words are just as good for us to hear today. Because guess what? We live in a world where people think we are crazy. Where people think that because we trust in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, because we read God's Word, because we believe what it says, because we try to live by it, people think that we are crazy. People come up to me sometimes, and probably some of you sometimes too, and want to argue with you. They want to tell you why the Bible is wrong. They want to just prove it. They want to tell you why God's not not good, why God did this, why God don't do that. God's not worth much. God can't do anything. There is no God. There's this, that, and the other. That ain't true. That's just a bunch of stuff that people wrote. You can't trust those words. And people will come to us, and they will attack us. People will come to us, even some people who preach something that sometimes may sound right. There are people we see in the Bible that preach a little bit of truth, but then they mix a little bit of error in there with it. It's not everything that everybody says is always wrong. But sometimes they mix what God's Word says and they add a little bit of what they want in there with it. And sometimes we as Christians can be led astray. And so we must be on our guard, Christian, for when people come and attack us, when people say we're crazy, when people say I'm going to kill you if you don't deny Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God's Word says to stand firm. Stand firm in adversity. Stand firm in persecution. And follow the example of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What if Jesus, whenever they came to arrest Him, what if He hadn't stood firm? What if He had said, You know what, God, I'm out. I'm done. I thought I could do it, but I can't do it. And Jesus would have just left and went right back up to heaven. We'd be in a mess but Jesus didn't do that Jesus doesn't call us to anything that he has not himself already done when Jesus tells us look to go out there and know it's gonna be hard times read the New Testament it's all about it's a bunch of hard times for the early church for Jesus during his day for the disciples it's it's almost nothing but hard times for them as they go out into the world and Jesus tells us it's gonna be that way but he gives us the ultimate example of hanging in there of standing firm don't give in stand for what is right and hang in there. Stand firm, live in the freedom you have, and don't give in to that yoke of slavery. I kind of got that this week on a different level. Like I was kind of I, I thinking about this verse, and, and what had happened was this. And some of you guys and girls may have experienced this before. But see, for years, I was the same size. I wore the same size pants. I wore the same size clothes. I wore the same size everything. So what happened was I got married, and I get delicious food, but it's had some consequences, right? Everything has consequences. So as good as chocolate cake and dessert is, what I come to find out last Friday, I had to perform a wedding last uh, a Friday afternoon. And so I went home around lunch to, 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 to get my suit and stuff out so I could get it ironed. Lena Pearl was going to iron it for me. And I began to try things on, and would you believe I didn't have nothing that would fit? I'm talking about nothing. I could barely squeeze in my jacket. I was trying on pants. I'm, I mean, it was like two inches from being able. and I'm sucking in and'm I'm, and I'm, I'm going through pan after pan after pan after pan. and I finally got some on, and I just it was like I mean, it was like you painted them on. And so I wore them, you know, and I'm walking and you know, I'm trying not to bend over or anything because I got them things on. I'm just tight all over the place, you know. And so then, you know, it's been cool weather, so I got, I, I got ready to put on some blue jeans. My blue jeans had all shrunk too. Every pair of them. Same thing. I'm in there trying to squeeze these things on. I mean, you'd have had to lather me up with, with some kind of gel, and I'd have had to jump in them to, to squeeze. And so I finally got them on. I, you know, barely could get the buttons done. And Michelle's been on me for months. Go get some blue jeans. Go get some. I'm like, these still fit. These still fit. Well, finally I realized, you know what? They don't fit anymore. They just do not fit. I have to give in, and I have to go get some new blue jeans. So Monday, I was in Macomb, so I ran over to Penny's, and I got some new blue jeans right here. I got them on. I got a couple pair, and I put these things on Tuesday, and I wore them yesterday, and I'm telling you what, it was like freedom. Like, it was, they fit, I mean, it's been so long since I've had blue jeans that would fit me. I didn't realize how bad of a mess I was in. These things, I could sleep in these. They are so comfortable. They are loose. They are wonderful. I went back yesterday when I was in McComb and I bought two more pairs. And I'm going to take every old pair and I'm going to take them and I'm going to burn them. And I'm never going to go back to them. Why? Because they were just tight and they were not comfortable. And there's no way I would ever go back to that. And that's what Paul is saying for the people here. He's saying, look, you got Jesus in your life. That's freedom. That's even better than having a new pair of jeans. Why in the world would you want to go back to something that just binds you down, something that's so uncomfortable? And you know what the the thing is, Christian, for us? Is that a lot of times as Christians, we're foolish like those Galatians, and we get a little off track from the Lord, and we don't realize how tight our spiritual pants have got. We don't realize how bad of a shape we're in. We don't realize how burdened we are by the sin that we're living in, by the choices that we have made, by the things that we have done. And then one day we realize it and it hits us. And we get in God's Word and there's something in there that just kind of tugs at our heart, you know. And we go before the Lord and we repent and it's just like a burden is lifted. It's like all of a sudden our old blue jeans are off and our new spiritual blue jeans are on and they just fit so good. And why would we want to go back to that? Why would we want to go back to that? There may be some of you in here tonight that's living in sin or that's living in, in, in something that's just got you way down or you're trying, to, you're trying to be religious and you're doing a really good job of being religious, but, but you're not righteous because your relationship with Jesus Christ is not there. And what God wants to do is He wants to free you from that, from that tightness, from that discomfort that you may not even know you have. He wants to give you freedom where you can run and you can play and you can do all these cool things. I'm talking spiritually. I ain't talking about I ain't talking about in the real world. But you know, I see that Wrangler commercial where Brett Favre, you know, he's got those yeah. Wranglers on and he's able to do all kinds of stuff in those Wranglers because he's just free and they're so good and comfortable. That's kind of what it's like for us with the Lord. Well, when we come to the Lord and we repent of our sins and He washes us clean, we're free spiritually. We're free to run and we're free to play and we're free just to Have a good time in the Lord. So let us not be guilty of what the Galatians were. And if we are, let us repent. Let us live in that freedom that Jesus Christ gave us. And church, let us stand firm. Let us stand firm. I say that all the time because we see so much in our world and we are so blessed to get to live in a free country and we are so blessed that we don't have to face the kind of persecution that so many of our brothers and sisters do. But that day may come. It's scary, but that day may come. Stand firm, don't give in, and know that Jesus is with you, and Jesus has given you freedom. You don't have to give in to what the world says. You don't have to give in to that sin that you've been struggling with. Jesus has freed you from that, so stand firm in Him. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you tonight, and we thank you for for so much in this in this one short verse. And God, we are guilty sometimes of of getting off track and we get so far off track, dear Lord, we don't realize how spiritually uh, how much we're missing out on, God. How many blessings we're missing out on. The joy, the peace that you have to offer. So God, help us if if any of us have, have gotten that way tonight that we would come back to you. That we would repent, dear Lord. That we would just come back to that freedom that Jesus gave us. God, that we would just stand firm and you give us strength, God. When we face our friends or neighbors or family, that want to shake their finger at us and laugh at us or make fun at us, God, or try to convince us that, that, that you're not real or that Jesus is, was, was nobody or that your word's not important. God, we know that that's not true. So help us when those people come against us, that we would stand firm, dear Lord God. I thank you for each one that's here tonight, and I pray that the reading of this word would bless them and that we'd take it with us when we leave in just a little bit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.